Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Talking Knicks. Um... I'm joined this week by my co-host, Kenny Poon, also my brother. Um, the Knicks are still horrible at basketball, and we're going to talk about it. Let's talk Knicks. All right, Kenny, aside from the Knicks being terrible, how you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Had a nice little weekend i went and saw frozen 2 no spoilers but pretty good movie uh yesterday i hung out with tom we did an escape room we did not escape and uh that's kind of like being a knicks fan i can't escape it and it's just there at all times you know you know what i mean yeah yeah i've I've never seen frozen one um and did you get close to escaping the, the room we did. We got like so ridiculously close, but we like missed one thing. And uh, as we were leaving the room, we were talking to the the lady who was like supervising us, and we're like, "How close were we?" Because they like watch us on monitors and they uh, can see what we're doing. And they're, like, you guys were like ninety seven percent of the way there, like three percent more, and you would have been out, and we didn't do it. So, kind of heartbreaking. Kind of like like being a Knicks fan, like I said. So what about you? How, how was your weekend? Uh, no, and let's not talk about me yet. Uh, let's just talk about the escape room the entire time. Yeah. So I'm pretty interested. How many times have you done an escape room? <laughs> uh, this was my, uh, I think this was my fourth escape room. The first one I did was pretty terrible. Were you there for that when we went to like the Milford Mall or something? No. Um, all right. So I think it was a, it was a bunch of our cousins went and it was just like a bunch of really bad clues. And like the clues had like numbers to unlock a bunch of locks and like that was it. And I was like, all right, that was something. It wasn't really that fun. And I think there, we split up into two groups and the other group, like they didn't even reset the room. So there's there was something messed up and they couldn't escape. Like it was impossible for them to get out because one of the clues was messed up. Um, so that one was pretty bad, and I was like, yo, escape rooms aren't that cool. <laughs> and then we did one uh, for a summer event with uh, our summer interns, and it was, like, a lot more intense. And, like, they had a lot of, like, really cool stuff that they did. Um, I don't, I don't want to give give many spoilers, but, like, one of the things we had to do, um, not in this one but in a previous one I did, was, like, we had to shut all of the lights off and then, like, stand completely still and then something unlocked so there was like a light sensor and like a motion sensor that were attached to some lock and it's like oh i didn't even know that was a possibility but it's pretty cool pretty cool stuff it is cool and the job was on the line for for the summer interns they probably felt like they really had to get out of there yeah and uh they didn't and that's why none of them got hired so lesson learned yep so i did an escape room one time in new york and we had like 10 people which is like way too many people so I, I remember I was, like, doing stuff over somewhere, figuring stuff out. 
and then like 10 minutes later someone else would come over and figure the same thing out and act like it was groundbreaking and me and john were like no we we already did this yeah and i think that was that might have been one of our problems because like we were a little bit disorganized and maybe it was just it was kind of the way that this one was set up it was set up a little weird so there was like a little bit of a competition element to it and then once once we all like started working together like we were still not really on the same page so like someone would go do something and then someone else would like go do something else and like no one no one was on the same page but if we were i think we would have gotten that extra three percent we would have gotten out all right all right should we talk about the next i don't think so i don't i really don't want to because the (laughs) the knicks are so bad like the thing is the knicks tonight lost by two points and there was probably 30 seconds of my life where i thought maybe they'll win like maybe and it was when marcus morris tied the game at 61 in the third quarter when the knicks were going on a big run that didn't end up working out because eventually they were just losing like 82-71 at the end of the the, the quarter. So the, there's like a 20-10 to 10 run or something. It, that's not the exact numbers, but it, you get the gist of it. They were outscored by at least nine in the rest of the quarter. Second point in time was when Frank had that three after Marcus Morris hit two threes and then Wayne Ellington hit a three. All This is only like the last five minutes of the game. And then Frank had a like a wide open three in the corner, and you're like, "Wow, like the crowd is really into it like if he hits this 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 is like big, and then he missed, and then we lost, yeah, that's I mean, I don't know if we need to talk about it anymore from that game because that's that's pretty much it I mean this was uh I, I don't know, like I never really i don't I never got that feeling that you got that like oh, maybe there's a chance that they can win because we've done this so many times where the Knicks will just be like. You'll think they're good for a minute, and then they'll just lose. And uh, so I watched this game with kind of that, that lens of things. And so even when they were making that run, and when Frank got that, got that shot, I was like, oh, it would be really cool if, if he makes this. But at no point was like, if he makes this, then they might win. I was like, they're, they're <laughs> still going to lose. Um, yeah. And I think – I know you, you, had, you had said in, in the text chat, uh, oh, the Knicks are going to make this even more heartbreaking. Yeah. You, you – that was your mindset. You weren't, oh, the Knicks might win. Yeah, and I said that as they were doing that run, and I think that was, like, right before Frank got that three. So that was uh, – that, that that shows you true. that I'm not making this up as I'm going along. That is very much how I felt. Uh, but I think – I mean, the something that you mentioned in the, in the group chat that I think I became a bigger fan of over the last couple of games is uh, you wanted to make Trust the Progress shirts because that's really – I think the only thing that we can hang on to right now is just seeing how some of our younger players advance and seeing them play a little better. Um, Frank's been trouble, been struggling shooting the ball, but he's been doing a lot of other good stuff, which is fun. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. The last couple of games has looked like an actual player, which is also good. And then, you know, if Mitchell Robinson could stay on, on the court, there was an article saying if he could do that, I think it was, uh, I don't know, it was the athletic or, or um, what's that other one that, Bill Simmons used to be associated with. Whatever. They had, an art- nope. <laughs> they had an article that was like he would be the best player on the Knicks if he could stay on the court, but he can't. Um, yeah, Mitchell Robinson filed out six fouls in 19 minutes today, for to, for your point. Yeah. And so, and then, I I mean, Dotson, who has also been struggling shooting the ball, he uh, he had a couple shots today, and he had a couple drives today that you're like, all right, he might be, might be figuring this out. So, 
all we can do is look for progress, right? Yeah. So that's how we'll make our millions. We're going to sell that T-shirt. Yeah. No copyrighted right now. We, uh, we if you're listening, that. we we just copyrighted this. So don't do it yourselves. Yeah. It's like uh, Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. We're just declaring copyright. <laughs> no, I'm doing it. We're both lawyers, so yeah. this is this is official. Yeah, this is true. All right. So, do you want to talk about the other games or just? I think we should. The, so the one thing, the craziest part about this week is that the Knicks won a basketball game. You wouldn't know that by watching the three games that followed, and they won a basketball game by a lot. Yeah. They won by 18 points. And they had, I think that was their first win against the Cavs in like the last eight tries or something. Or something like that. Something crazy. It was like LeBron always beat them. And then after LeBron left, he, they still won. Yeah. So it was, it was a big game for us. Uh, Kevin Love didn't play. Larry Nance Jr. didn't play. Julius Randle had a field day against uh, whoever's left. I don't know who that is. Tristan Thompson having a year, but didn't 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 work out for him that game. Yeah. And so the Knicks won this game 123 to 105. They went up 32 to 20 after one. Put up 64 points in the first half, which is pretty much unprecedented by this Knicks team. So great great stuff. Julius Randle had a one of his Jekyll and Hyde games. He he was the good one this time. I don't know which one that is. That's Dr. Jekyll, I think. Yep, Dr. Jekyll's a good guy. I think I, I remember that from the Page Master. That's how. That's where I get all my uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde knowledge. <laughs> Information. They, that's they go into that book at one point. Yeah, and that that's a classic. That's uh, Young Macaulay Culkin. I think I think it's I guess it's all Young Macaulay Culkin. He didn't really do anything later on in <laughs> in life. Uh, yeah, I think he's been in some commercials. Yeah. Is that? I, just, I don't know. Is that? Think you go from Home Alone to being in commercials. I don't know. Yeah, he might have done some uh, some some plays or something. I think I might have heard about that. Otherwise, I don't. I don't really know much about the guy. He's he's probably a fan <laughs> of the show though. So um, shout out to him. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think I think you're right to mention Julius Randle. He had himself a game. Very efficient. Twelve of seventeen. Uh, Thirty points. Three of five from three, which is you know good considering he's been shooting very poorly from three. Seven rebounds, four assists, two steals, one block, and only one turnover, for uh, for a plus twenty four on the night, which well, that that's that's what you want. Like that's when you gave him that contract, you were expecting to get that. And uh, I think uh, you mentioned earlier in the week that that was the Knicks' first thirty point game in uh, I don't know how long this, this season. This, it was this season. It was the first this season, but it was the first in like a while. Oh, yeah, I think it was like since like December of last season. Yeah. as well. So like I think that is true. So that's that's good. Now that we broke broke that uh, that seal, I'm I'm sure that the 30 point games will come, you know, just streaming along. So big time there. Uh, Dame Dot went five for ten that game with 11 11 points. Love to see that. Um, and Dennis Smith Jr. looked like a a solid basketball player. Went three of six, eight points. He had uh, two rebounds and an assist in just 19 minutes. So. You know, you like to see him shaking the rest off and, you know, trust the progress, you know? Yeah. And uh, on top of this all, everybody everybody played and scored except Alonzo Trier, who didn't play, which I don't, which is weird. But I don't know. 
Yeah. That's weird. And I think but I don't know who it was that mentioned it last week. It might have been Jake that like at some point I see Alonzo Trier coming up and coming in and just like putting up a twenty point game after sitting out for ten games in a row. Like I don't doubt that it's that's fu- gonna happen. It's funny because I was actually hanging out with Tom this weekend on Friday. We were talking about the Knicks, as we always do. And uh, we, were, we were talking, saying, like, who can we trade? Who can we trade as Alonzo Trier? Could you trade him to – would he get minutes on, like, a a better team? Which is hilarious to think about because it's just like he doesn't even play on the Knicks. Yeah. But you could see how he could play on another team. Yeah. Because he gets he gets buckets. And if you have, like, a, a second unit that can play defense that needs a scoring spark, you know, he, he can help you out. But the Knicks have a second unit that can't play defense and can't score and can't do anything. So, Yeah, and I think – I mean, maybe maybe we'll save some of that conversation for a little later. I think that's a, that's an interesting topic to, to talk about because I think in our group chat, at least, we, we have talked about come December 15th, what's, what's the move? But – We'll save that. That's called a little teaser, and we'll I guess we'll finish talking about this week's games. And you said it was weird that the Knicks uh, won a game this week, but what else is weird is, like, they had a very good chance to win a game against a good team in the 76ers game. And you and, uh, you and Tom did a deep dive into that in our midweek pod, so I don't know if you want to just hit that real high and quick just because if you really want to know about it, you can check out that pod. But there was some good stuff there. Yeah, so at one point the Knicks made like eight or nine, at least eight shots in a row. I know that in the third quarter. They they went on a big-time run. They might have been like 19-0 maybe. I know they went up 17 points in the third quarter. Yeah, they were winning 77-60, to 60, and then they were no longer winning 77-60. to 60. Yeah. They kept it close throughout the fourth. Um, ultimately, Marcus Morris had like a – was on – Randall got a steal outlet to Morris. This is in like the last minute of the game. Fast break, Morris. Me and Tom talked about it. It looked like he may have gotten fouled. And I'll I'll say I, lis- I listened to your podcast and I heard you say that, so I went back and looked at the two-minute report. And that's not to say much because every single time you look at the two-minute report, they're gonna, they give the benefit of the doubt to the refs. So, like, even if there is some contact – like if they there's some contact and they call the foul, they're gonna say yeah that's the right call. If there's some a little bit of contact and they don't call the foul, they're gonna say yeah that was the right call. So they said it was not a foul because it was not called a foul. So I don't even think they probably didn't even look at it because of the game. They didn't even show a replay of it, even though it was probably the most important play of the game from from the Knicks standpoint. Yeah, and when when they do it on the, the two minute report, they show a link and they only showed the one like high angle of it so like the wide angle so you couldn't really see what was happening you just have to trust their judgment that uh it was not a foul ah that's the world i want to live in you're just gonna have to trust me on this one no no proof don't worry about it it doesn't matter okay it just (laughs) it doesn't matter it's like not important the knicks aren't like a real basketball team that's our uh, that's our weekly. I think you should leave reference for Big Baby David, who could not be with us this week. He's doing his job. What a loser on a Sunday a, night. Yeah, I got to go to work early tomorrow to do my job. For it was just terrible. I don't. Know. Yeah, it's a it's a only two, only only three days this week though. Two and a half days, I guess. Two and a half. That's huge. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to New Haven. I think I'm going to go to New Haven on uh. 
Let's get sidetracked. Why don't we? Yeah. I'm going to go to New New Haven on Wednesday. Kenny works in New Haven. I work in Greenwich. We work at the same law firm. Different offers, different practice groups. I'm going to go to New Haven and and eat eat lunch with the New Haven folk. Yeah, so this is is our weekly advertisement. Uh, Every year at our firm, the, the associates go out to bar pizza and get Thanksgiving pizza, which is, you know, you take a bunch of Thanksgiving foods and put them on a pizza and you eat it. It's like mashed potatoes, uh, turkey, stuffing, I think some gravy, and it's delicious. So if you're ever in New Haven around Thanksgiving time, check out Bar for the Thanksgiving pizza. Uh, You just made us a lot of money. A lot of money with that one. Good work. Um, So, like I said, we lost the the 76ers. If you want to know more about that, you can listen to me and Tom talk about it. So, Um, I mean, if I could just jump in quick. It's weird because we had – Of course. We we went one and three this week, but we had a chance to win three of those games, and then the the one we didn't have a chance to win was the Spurs game, which was just ugly. So I don't uh, I don't even really want to talk about it, but we I mean I, go ahead go ahead with it. I'll talk about it as much as I can. Um, so the Spurs came into this game on an eight game losing streak, believe it or not, despite the f- fact that they're the Spurs. They're on the second night of the back-to-back. Tom and I watched them play the 76ers on uh, Friday night. And they looked pretty good, to be honest. They 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 were fluctuating. They were losing, like, the whole time. They were lo- bouncing back and forth between losing by, like, three and losing by ten. And they never, like, got over the hump. But they, they kept it close throughout. But still, they're on an eight-game losing streak on the second night of a back-to-back. The Knicks hadn't played since Thursday. They had two days off. And they're at home, and the Knicks just got destroyed. The Knicks were losing 32-16 after the first quarter. Thirty, uh, And then let me do some math. 32 plus 36 is 68. 27 plus 16 is 43. 68 to 43 at halftime. It's pretty bad. And that is pretty bad. 68 minus 43 is 25. So the Knicks were losing by... 25 points at halftime. And so the final score, the Knicks lost by seven. But this is like the most deceptive. Like, you can't trust a box score score possible. Because the Knicks were losing by 25 in the middle of the third quarter. And I stopped watching. So Wish we could but, do that with the rest of the season. Here. Yeah. The Knicks are... The equivalent of losing by 25 in the first quarter right now, season-wise. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a long, long season left. It's an analogy. It's sad. To, it's an analogy. Sad to think about. That's sad. Yeah, but uh, anyways, so the Knicks just like they made their comeback kind of in the fourth quarter, but like there was this seven-point game is like they never really got closer than seven. This is like. This is like the end of the comeback. Yeah. If they just had another another quarter, maybe they could have done it, you know. But they didn't, yeah. so they didn't. And I actually I did not see this game. Uh, this game was while I was locked in the escape room, and because we didn't get out, I wasn't able to watch it. Um, I did see some highlights. Lucky. It looked like Wayne. It looks like Wayne Ellington was bad for most of the game, and then got hot uh, during that that comeback that wasn't to be. Uh, so that's that's a fun topic that I, I think we're going to touch on a little later too. Um, again, Kevin Knox 
nine minutes. That's that's another theme that he has been getting. You know, he was playing pretty well at the beginning of the season. His shot wasn't really falling anymore, and that kind of going along with the the lackluster defense has his minutes kind of decreasing. And it's a it's one of those questions that we asked about at the beginning of the season: is how much do you value developing a guy like Kevin Knox, even when he's struggling, versus playing you know the better players like. I don't know, Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris. Um, and that's that's Fizdale's job. And to this point, he has not found the successful combination. Yes, to say the least. And it's going back to what I said about this comeback. It is hilarious that this is a seven-point game final score because, like I said, they're losing by 25, and they never got closer than this seven-point differential. This like it was. They were never losing by six in the second half. Yeah. So it's not like it got to three, and then they were fouling at the end, and then it got it went back up to seven. It's no. It's like they're losing by 101 to 82, and then the Spurs were like, okay, nothing matters anymore. Like the Knicks aren't going to score 19 points, and without us scoring any. So nobody do anything. Yeah. And that's what happened in the Knicks lost by seven. Yeah. But again, you know, trust the progress. This, uh, I went back and watched all of Frank's highlights, which is fun. Um, his shot, again, wasn't falling. There were a couple that rimmed out that I saw, um, but he only went three of nine. I can only defend so much of them rimming out because they didn't go in. Uh, but he had nine assists and six steals, and – you know, a couple of those deals were just phenomenal defense and, you know, deflections and things like that. And two of them led to easy buckets for him. So that was two of his three makes was uh, steals and going the other way. One was on an, in- an inbound and one was uh, taking a, a pick six to the house. And zero turnovers to go with those, those that stat yeah. line. You loved Frank with nine assists and zero turnovers. Sign me up for that every single time. Um, some highlights. Wayne Allington, you mentioned. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, R.J. Barrett had 13, 5, and 4. Pretty good. He was plus 6 in this game, which is impressive. The rest of the starters were minus 9, Kaj Gibson, minus 12, Julius Randle, minus 11, Marcus Morris, minus 10, Frank Nilakina. But, you know, plus, minus is whatever. Yeah, and um, you, I just... I don't know why I didn't realize this earlier because I watched the entire Brooklyn Nets game, but R.J. Barrett didn't play. R.J. Barrett sat, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, for load management because people were calling out Fizdale for the amount of minutes he was playing, and he was basically like, I don't care about your science. The kid's young. He's going so, to play. And then he stopped so R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett was out with an illness, and they Ooh. found that out. Very, very briefly before the game started, and Kevin Knox started. And so Kevin Knox, like, shortly before the game, was like, I I didn't know I was starting either. Hmm. So That's good. He found out, he found out shortly before. And I know, like, an hour or two before, people were saying, starters are going to be the same as last game. And that included R.J. Barrett. So yeah. he's sick. Got the day off. Like you said, he deserved it. Uh, I mean, we could have used him. Loss hurt our playoff chances, but hmm. that's okay. Help. Helps the uh, lottery odds, though. Helps the lottery odds. You would have liked mm-hmm. to beat the Nets just because 
you know. We don't like them, I guess. I, I mean, I don't care I about mean, them either. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I don't really care about the Nets. We beat Dallas twice, and like I guess we said last week that that's all that matters. So the Knicks took that to heart and uh, didn't really put in much effort this week. They obviously listen yeah. to our podcast, so whatever. Man. I mean, if Kyrie, if Kyrie was playing, I would have liked for the Knicks to win, which is funny to think about because like the the, the Nets were without their best player, and I'm. I care less that the Knicks lost. Yeah. Instead of being like, we got to take advantage, Kyrie's out, we got to win this one. I'm just like, uh, Kyrie's out. I don't don't care. Yeah. So, (laughs) no, I I, I get you because, like, Kyrie Kyrie going to the Nets was, like, a big thing and, like, it'd be nice to to beat them if if he played. It'd be, like, the same thing as if we beat – Dallas, but KP wasn't playing. It's like, yeah, yeah it's cool, but like, <laughs> I, it, it loses its its luster in that at that point. Yeah, but I mean, make no mistake, we were we were rooting for the Knicks to win this game, but we're just numb at this point. When your team is four and 13, 17 games into the season, you just you get numb. You take what you get. You can get. Yeah, and so I mean. I don't know what else we want to talk about. We can get to this Nets game, which we've we've pretty much already talked about. Spencer Dinwiddie lit us up. Marcus Morris, 7 for 8 from 3, which is very good. Um, everyone else wasn't as good from 3. Um, except Wayne Ellington was 4 for 7. Dennis Smith Jr. was 2 for 4. Free throw line continued to be our problem. Nick shot 9 for 16. They make two more of those, then the game is tied. If yep. nothing else changed except for those two free throws. The Knicks shot 51.4% from three and 56.3% from the free throw line, which is fun. Like, you, those numbers should be more separate. Yeah, for instance, the Nets shot 368 from the three and 794 from the free throw line. And, they and the shot- free throw disparity here was kind of crazy. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. It was the Nets shot 34, the Knicks shot 16, which is wild. And 34 is more than twice 16. It's true. And 16 is not even like not that many free throws. Yeah. Din- Spencer Dinwiddie himself went 13 for 14 from the free throw line, and the Knicks went, n- what is it, 9 for 16? 9 for 16. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's a lot. It's a lot of free throws, and – I don't know if it was just me, but I I felt like the Knicks were getting called for a lot of offensive fouls too, like a disproportionate amount of like weird offensive fouls. I mean, I think Julius Randle always gets called for offensive fouls that you're just like, refs just got to stop calling this. Like, yeah, let let him let him do him. Like this isn't that's not bad. There was one where they reviewed Bobby Portis elbowing some guy in the yeah. face for a flagrant, yeah. but like. There was nothing. Nothing at all happened. Like he just yeah. like went up to take a layup, and the guy was standing there. Yeah. And his and Mike Breen was was very against it. He was like, I don't, I don't think that should be reviewed for a flagrant, and I'm not even sure that should be a foul at all. Yeah. And the refs like reviewed it for a flagrant, and like were the the fastest review you'll ever see. They're like, no, nothing <laughs> happened. They're probably like, wish they could have taken it back. And that, yeah, you're right. That was a that was a weird call. Um, like I can understand why they called it because a guy got hit in the face, but like he very much Bobby Portis went straight up, but like because his elbows were 
out because he's holding the ball and you don't your elbows can't be in underneath the ball. I wish you guys could see the video of what I'm doing now. Just like pretend you're holding, <laughs> pretend you're holding a basketball and like put your elbows directly underneath your hands. Like that's not how you hold the ball. Like your elbows are out. And because his elbows were out when he jumped up in the air, like it went he went straight up, but he hit uh, I don't know was it Musa in the face? And yeah. Called for and an it's like uh, it's like in Happy Gilmore, you know. Shouldn't guy shouldn't have been standing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the best way to put it. Um, Spencer Diddy, Dinwiddie, as I, I said previously, lit us up, which, uh, you know, that's, uh, it didn't, I wish that didn't happen. Yeah. That's about all I could say about that. You had a good tweet about Jared Allen. I don't know if you want to mention that. Yeah. I guess my, my tweet was that I, now I know how like other teams feel when Mitchell Robinson just dunks it every single time. Because Jared, uh, and I don't even know if that's the case, because every single one of Jared Allen's dunks was just wide open. Like, someone just lost him, and a, a rotation got missed, and he got either an alley-oop or just a wide-open dunk. And it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for me to watch. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. And Oh, goodness. Another, like I was mentioning about with the the Spurs final score, this score is kind of funny as well, 103-101, because the Knicks were not winning at at any point after, like, winning by, like, three at the very beginning of the game, I don't think. I think they tied it 61-61, but it never, they are never actually winning. Can you correct me if that's wrong? I don't, I don't think they were. I don't recall them winning at any point, but you you can talk for a minute and I can try to figure that out. No, I, we're just going to have to go off what I said. Right. The Knicks were winning by three early, and then they were losing the rest of the game until Marcus Morris tied it at 61, and then they continued their losing ways, and then they got it close. Because, I mean, they were losing by, like, 10 or 8 in this final, like, five minutes, and then they just hit four threes or three threes and made it close. Yeah, that and that looks right looking at the, the game flow from – from ESPN, but I'm clicking on it and nothing's happening, so it's not telling me the scores. Yeah, and so as we as we mentioned, it just it just didn't seem like the Knicks were going to win until like at the very end. You were like, "Could this happen?" You That's you were like that. I wasn't. <laughs> I'm talking to the the viewers at this uh, point. Yeah. We were the, unlike you. The rest of us were like, "Could we do it? Could the Knicks pull this one off?" You know, they need to win statistically. They have to win eventually. And this could be that one, but. It wasn't destined to be. It wasn't written in the stars, unfortunately. But Marcus Morris continued to be our best player, as I mentioned, seven for eight from three. And let's let's get on to uh, Wayne Ellington. I know we, we mentioned him briefly before in this in the Spurs game. Uh, so the funny thing about the Spurs game is that I turned it off halfway through the third quarter, as I mentioned, because they're losing by twenty five. And so you know, I, I at some point I've had enough. Because, I mean, I watch pretty much every game. We all do. But, you know, just like you guys have your tipping point with this Knicks team, so do I. Um, And so he eventually, in that game, hit four threes, was four for ten. Looked like one of the only bright spots beyond Frank Frank in that game. So he was four for 11 from the field, including four for ten from three with 13 points, plus five in a game that they lost by seven and they were never really close. In. So it's pretty good. But like I said, all of that, all of the threes happened after the second half of the third quarter 
when they were losing by 25. But in this game, Ellington came out, played 28 minutes, four for seven from three, four for eight from the field, 12 points plus two in a two-point loss. So Ellington's been he's been a little bright spot for the Knicks in these last couple games, but we don't even know if that's good or bad, you know, because we've been trying to get dots in minutes. We're just trying to figure out who who is going to sit and we had decided Ellington was going to sit, but now he's not sitting, and now we have to sit somebody else. Yeah, and I think it, it was also weird because Ellington went through a streak where he was getting a bunch of DNP coaches' decisions. Uh, I think he he played a couple minutes in the Cavaliers game. Uh, looks like nine minutes in the Cavaliers game, but that, again, was a game that the Knicks won by a lot. So, like... I'm not. I don't remember if those were meaningful minutes, but either way, it's not a lot. He did not play in the 76ers game, and then the two games in the back-to-back, he played a decent amount of minutes in both games. Shot the ball decently well, and I mean, like you said, the rotations are weird. So we thought Ellington was going to be one of the guys who sit. Who sits? Uh, looks like Alonzo Trier is going to be one of the guys who sits. But if for now. For now, exactly. And right now, if he can come in and, and he can be a spark and he can show that he can still shoot it and, you know, at least be a passable defender. And tonight he, he looked like he was at least trying really hard on defense and not giving up any easy buckets. So that's a positive. Maybe, and we've talked about this a lot this season because I think it's just the nature of the beast when you have a bunch of guys on one-year contracts who won't really be a part of the team in the future. A lot of these guys are going to be trade bait. And if Wayne Ellington can continue to shoot well and continue to play passable defense, he's going to be the guy that the might the Knicks might try to flip for literally anything. Literally anything. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is when your your team is 4 and 12, I don't think anybody has solidified their 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 minutes. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that's also kind of the the hidden blessing behind the Knicks being nowhere near looking like a playoff team is they don't have to pretend that they're fighting for a playoff spot. So they need to keep all of these guys on a one-year deal. These guys aren't going to be a part of their future. They're not, or their best value to you is if they go to a team that is, that needs them in order to compete for a playoff spot and you get a second round pick or you can package a few of them for a decent player or a chance at a, you know, a second chance lottery player, uh, like the Dennis Smith Jr. type type of thing, um, something like that, and maybe you find value there because they're not going to be on the team next year. So, what good are you to you they to you uh, this season when you know we're not really playing for much? All right, I think I think we've talked enough about the games, and that'll bring us on to our our next segment, which. Um. I'm I'm just making up on the spot, but this is this is the game that me and Kenny have always wanted to play. Ready? Uh, I'm sure we'll play it again later in the season with everybody else, but Nick or not, we're going to talk about who's going to be on the Knicks at the end of this season. And we're I'm just going to give you some names and you're going to let me know. Sure. Um Julius Randle. He's going to be on the Knicks. He makes too much money. Yeah. Makes too much money. He's the yeah, only he signed for a um, couple more years. He's the only free agent that got two years guaranteed with a player option on the third year. Yep. All right. So, Taj Gibson. Uh, I think Taj Gibson will. He's uh, he's one of the few guys showing the, the young Knickerbockers how to play. Yep. And that's unfortunate because it's like he's the only 
like good player that you're like, I want this guy on our team, but that's why someone else would want them on their team as well. So you you feel like he has actual value. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's possible that he gets moved, but I, I could see him sticking with the Knicks. He's one of the one of the guys like, yeah, he could actually fit and help this team develop. Yeah, and you could you could see him his player option get picked up. I mean, these other guys that I'm going to say, their player options are all getting declined. Yeah. I don't even know who you're going to so. say, but yeah, just generally <laughs> exactly. across the board, yeah. Bobby Portis. Uh. I don't know if Bobby Portis is going to bring us anything, but if you can get anything for him, I think he's not on the Knicks anymore. Yeah, the funny thing is Bobby Portis makes a lot more money than you think he does. He makes $15 million, and he's the problem. So we we had, we had we took offense to people saying, like, the Knicks signed too many power forwards in the offseason. But I think the one exception there is Julius Randle and Bobby Portis were their two big signings, and they cannot play at the same time. They both are. I think. I think Bobby Portis is primarily an offensive player. He's certainly not primarily a defensive player. Yeah. Uh, and Julius Julius Randle is just. Uh, he's Julius Randle. If you're a Knicks fan, you know what that means. Yeah. And what I remember from this off season is the only, you know, solid to plus defender that the Knicks signed, Reggie Bullock. So, looking at the scouting reports for the rest of them, most of them were. Uh, less than stellar defenders, so that would that would include both Portis and Randall. All right, so that brings me to the next player, Reggie Bullock. Re- it's an impossible one. Let's hear what you got. I I mean I think he has to be on the Knicks because I don't think he's going to play until after the the trading deadline. So like, are they going to trade a guy? Is it po- is it possible to trade a guy who hasn't played yet? Because like, if they can, they should for anything. It's funny because. I don't – what's going on with Reggie Bullock? If you told me he was back next game, I would be like, okay. But you're telling me he's not going to be back until after the trade deadline. I didn't know that. I, I still don't know that. I mean, I assume I don't, I don't, based on the amount of time – or, like, the amount of money he missed out on. I think Big Baby David talked about this one week. Like, they went – he went from such, like, like a enough con- yeah. enough money came off of his contract to sign our best player. So, yeah, like yeah. – I was there with with Jake and or Jake and BBD when we were talking about that, and it was it was funny. Jake was saying like, you know, any other team, this is like a top story, but the Knicks, it's just like, oh, that's I I forgot about that. And that's the Knicks. So, I, I, well, you you just look up if there's a timeline for Reggie Bullock, and then let me know. All right. But in the meantime, uh, Alonzo Trier. Uh, so there's a lot of way the, ways the Knicks could go about this, but like, if he can get some minutes and show something, then I think he gets traded. Because like he right. he was on the Knicks previously, but he's not not on a long term contract, so I think he might have a year or two left. This is his year. He's got he was signed to a two year deal last after his two way contract he, ran out. The Knicks used the biannual exception on him to. That was the only way since the Knicks were over the cap, they had to use an exception in order to sign him to a multi year deal. And so this is – you can only sign him to a two-year deal with the biannual exception. So that's – this is the second year. Yeah, so I think – So, I, I mean, I, th- I gonna think have the Knicks – because he's not playing right now, I think they're eventually going to trade someone like an Ellington. Trier is going to get some minutes, and then they're going to try to trade him too. Yeah, and the good thing about Trier that makes him more tradable is that he's on that little little contract, making $3.5 million. 
Which these days, you know, when you got people making forty million, three and a half million is less than forty million. So, um, I'm give you a tougher one. I'm a Damian Dotson. Damian Dotson. I mean, I think just because he's a younger guy, and I think they have they have uh, him as a restricted free agent, they might hold on to him. Um, He's actually not as young as people think. I think he's older than than uh, Julius Randle. I don't know who in the group chat mentioned that, but it's true. He's 25. Randle and Bobby Portis are both 24. So he's, but I, I like his game, and he's one of the few guys that has a two-way offense, offensive defensive game. Um, so I would like him to be on the Knicks, and but you know, again, he is not on a, a long-term contract. So if you get the right price, trade him too. But I, I see him as a Nick. And he also makes one point six million, so that also makes him very tradable. Um, oh, here's the best one, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris, I do not see on the Knicks like for much longer. Like as soon as they can trade him. Actually, the one thing holding that back is uh, I think you get more value for players when you trade them closer to the deadline when people realize you know where they are and if they have a shot to make the playoffs and they want to make that push. You get more value for them, but I think they have to. The Knicks have to kind of just start making moves to in order to show off more pieces and try to trade them as well. So, I think he will get traded, whether it's as soon as the clock hits midnight on December fifteenth, or if it's at the trade deadline. And it's funny because with all these players, I'm just looking for a second round pick or anything. Yeah, because I don't I don't know who's who's bringing you a first round pick. People people are stingy with those these days. Yeah, but I mean, maybe you you package some together, or you take on uh, an extra year from someone else. But there's not much going on this summer, so I don't know like who's coveting cap space enough to to take on one of our players and uh, get free agent or money for next year. Tim Hardaway Jr. for Marcus Morris. They don't have any any picks to attach anymore. They traded all of them. Dallas yeah. did. Hypothetically, if they did. Because I, I legitimately thought about that at some point. I was like, oh, you know what would be good? If we took Tim Hardaway Jr. back for a third time, I would do it if we got a pick with it. But I, Would you? Like, I mean, I not mean, for I, the pick value, for your sanity. <laughs> you, you, I, would, you would accept watching Julius Randle and I Tim Hardaway a, Jr. on the same basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> I have accepted that the Knicks are going to be bad this year and next year. And... After that, like if the more picks, like the more likely it is that we will be a decent basketball team. And I'm in it for the long haul, man. I'm like I'm stuck with this team. I can't escape it, just like that escape room. So might as well invest in the future. It would be bad but to watch. I acknowledge <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm I'm just like thinking about how bad the Knicks are now. And let's just imagine you replace Marcus Morris, the best player on the team, with Tim Hardaway Jr. And that's what. It would is that worth a first round pick for the fans? Uh, yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> and it, it also and Tim Hardaway locked. Tim Hardaway Jr is also terrible for development generally just cuz he's just launching shots. Like he's not he's not getting the teammates involved. He's he's a gunner. So maybe that maybe that's not worth it. Uh the the good thing is that this is all hypothetical, but we are, because we already have the Mavericks picks. So the, yeah. we, this can't happen. This can't. It can't happen, right? I mean, we've said that so many times before, and this just happened. But I, I was thinking, 
We could actually take back Courtney Lee for Marcus Morris and grab a second-round pick. The, the Mavs have a good amount of second-round picks. So, maybe. I like Courtney Lee. We, we, we enjoyed his time here. He just made a little too much money, but, you know, he didn't do anything wrong to us. And then we – I mean – I feel bad for Courtney Lee in this situation, but we could give him the same treatment that we gave him previously and just sit him on the bench despite the fact that he is a better player than a lot of the players on our team. I mean, we could just let him go. We could give him the Wesley Matthews treatment and say, you know, here, play this game, and then you can leave. You're free to go. Yeah. Because that's the thing. People buy out people. The Knicks did it last year with West West Matthews Jr., as I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's not playing for the Mavs much. He does sometimes, but not always. I think that does that cover Alfred Payton is tough because he also hasn't played much. But uh, this isn't an easy game. So what yeah. do you got for Alfred Payton again? Just because like Frank is playing pretty well and DSJ seems to be on the upswing, and those guys you think could be a part of our future. I think that Alfred Payton, if if he, you know, can get you anything, he gets traded. I think everyone gets traded that can get you anything except for the young guys under contract. All right. Alfred Payton's the same age as Dotson. Well, he for for a year. Yeah, but I don't I don't think I mean he doesn't have the upside of of either DSJ or Frank, and both of those guys are five years younger than Dotson, four years younger than Dotson. Yeah. So. All right, I think it's time for the awards. Um, the, what do you got? Let's hear your award. Uh, I I was semi-joking and semi-serious with you at the beginning of the show. Um, I, I texted you guys and said I was planning on giving the nobody gets an award award because nobody deserves an award because the Knicks are just breaking my heart all the time. Um, but I'm going to give I a... <laughs> I would accept that. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give. Go ahead. I think that's the right answer. All right, fine. Then I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> no, no, no. Please, let's see what um, you got. I'm a, I was gonna give a a repeat award that I gave just a few weeks ago, which was the you gotta figure out what you do here award to uh, Fizdale because he's got a like I don't know what he's doing. I never know what he's doing, and um. I, the defensive sets I have mentioned before I don't love us switching on everything and I think uh, Breen and Clyde were kind of getting annoyed with that earlier today they weren't so aggressive about it but they were just mentioning like oh you get bad matchups with that and they can get whatever matchup they want um, and then the fact that uh, Jared Allen was just getting so many wide open dunks like I can't uh, I can't blame the players anymore because this is what was happening last year, and we're just like, oh, it's a bunch of young players. Maybe they don't know the defense. But this is an entirely different team with entirely different players, and they still can't get the rotations down, and people are just ending up with wide-open shots, wide-open dunks all the time. Not sure what's going on. And then on top of that, the whole Kevin Knox like situation, the whole him going from barely playing in two games in a row to like starting last minute, like – and then he, he started, and I think he only played 18 minutes, and he wasn't playing on the stretch. And, like, that's such – that's got to be such a confidence killer for the guy who, you know – I mean, I think I think what he was doing on the court was a confidence killer 
Yeah. Because he was he was bad, and that's why he played the 18 minutes. He just played started. Yeah, and that's and my point is maybe he shouldn't have started having like if you're if you're in the position where like the guy's not playing well, and I guess maybe it's like oh you throw him in the starting lineups maybe that bumps up his confidence and like it fixes him but it seems like the opposite happened and he still wasn't playing that well he was a little he's been off and you know starting and then not playing that much like it's not great i don't know yeah it was, I don't know. It was tough it's tough and every every week we talk we, we we forget to talk about knox because it's, I, I don't i don't know at the beginning of the year the first few weeks he just did the same thing and you were like all right that's pretty good i'll accept this he just comes in knocks down threes but now it's just like he he's in a rut and he, he i don't I don't. It's tough to watch. I don't know when he's not making threes. It's just like, uh, th- what is this? This isn't. A, you shouldn't be in the game. Yeah, and I mean the problem is when he's both not making a shot and he's, you know, he has been struggling defensively this entire time. So like that's what makes it difficult. Um, but I still believe that him kind of being a little more anonymous this year, whereas last year he was the focal point of the offense. I think that that's better for him because. You know he's not he's not getting the same attention and he he hasn't been playing well but he's not getting the same you know visceral reaction from uh, from fans from other people who are just talking about how he's the least efficient player in the NBA last year and he's been better this year and I know he's not playing well right now but he's been he's been better so I'm hoping that he gets out of this and you know plays some good basketball. Yeah, it'll be interesting how Fizdale handles Knox going forward because. You know, it's it's tough because, you know, when you're not playing good, I don't know that the answer is just throwing you into the basketball game, but Knox also said that it was tough only playing 10 minutes the other day. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Fizz doesn't know. He's got 12 other guys who are also probably complaining about would, – would complain about minutes if they didn't play. So, I don't – it's – Fizz is in a tough spot minutes-wise. I mean, I'm – I, I'm not going to say he's doing a good job with the X's and O's or the minutes, but he is in a tough spot. Yeah, no doubt. But, again, that's, as Big Baby David said, that is his job. So I'm, I'm sure he can uh, – I don't know how much sympathy I can I can give him for that. Yep. Right you are. And to go to, go to your award, unless you got some more to say. I was going to see what your award was. Uh, I'm going to finish up on your award first. Right. Um, so there's – well, there's one other thing. So I was actually thinking about giving the you got to figure out what you do here award to Bobby Portis because I don't I don't I don't know what he does. Like <laughs> he scored seven points this week. He scored seven points, seven points, sixteen points, three points, and it's just like he's the second highest paid player on the team. He got paid more than Marcus Morris. So Marcus Morris originally was going to the Spurs on a two-year, ten million dollar deal, and Bobby Portis got this. $15 million deal from the Knicks with the second-year team option. So, I don't, I don't know. He's what he basically – he he should be – he makes the same amount of money as Marcus Morris. So, you'd have to think the Knicks thought he would be around that good. And he's definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't, I, you know, I, I just don't know what they were thinking this offseason because, like, I, I feel like everyone knew this offseason that they overpaid a bunch of players, but I think part of the reason that they did that was for the flexibility of not necessarily needing to sign people to longer-term contracts and so keeping their flexibility going forward. Um, and the fact that they were able to get Marcus Morris was just a bonus to that, but I, I don't think that they were planning on uh, Bobby Portis being – Real good. I don't think they. I think they were expecting him to be better than he has been the last. I think they were expecting to do, him to do what he did in that Chicago win. Just a So the thing is, if if Marcus Morris, if that whole crazy thing with Mark Morris didn't happen, then Bobby Portis would be definitively the second highest paid player on the team by like five million dollars. I think. I think. Uh, yeah. So let's see. Randall makes twenty-ish million. Uh, Randall makes eighteen. Morris makes fifteen. Bobby Portis makes fifteen. Taj Gibson makes nine point eight. Alfred Payton makes eight. So he would make five point two more than Taj Gibson. So hypothetically, if Morris wasn't here, I don't. I don't know what would be happening. So maybe the Knicks office is even luckier that Marcus Morris is here. Because as much criticism as they've gotten, if Bobby Portis was doing what he's doing and Marcus Morris didn't exist. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, maybe Bobby Portis' defense is if Marcus Morris wasn't, you know, taking up that usage, it'd be him getting the more shots up and stuff. I don't know if that's – I don't think that would be a good thing for the Knicks but, Knicks, but it could potentially be a good thing for, for Bobby Portis to get more shots up. I don't know. All right. And so um, – there is one thing I wanted to talk about that we just forgot to mention. Um, the very, it. very, very end of the Nets-Knicks game when the Knicks were losing by two with .4 seconds left. The Nets just threw the ball directly at Wayne Ellington. Yep, that was a good play. We were we were big, we were big fans of that. Yeah. And so and I, I just, I, that doesn't fit in with what we're talking about right now, but I had to mention it because yeah. that was great. I've always, I've always wanted someone – to just throw the ball directly to the other team. Like if Wayne Ellington was facing – if he was facing Joe Harris and Joe Harris passed him the ball, it would have been the same result. Yeah. So uh, what's the rule on how long you have, like, that way you can actually take a shot? I think it's got to be point four, I, I, or def, I know for a fact that it's over point three. Yeah. So it's either point three or point four. So – yeah, that would be my ideal situation is if someone was in that range where you know that a team couldn't take a shot and they that team was defending to try to get a five-second call so they could throw it at the rim, and then you just pass it to that guy while he's looking at yeah. you. Because yeah. he can't do anything. And what I like is is if, you know, if you're inbounding under your own ba- – or under the other team's baseline up three with like .8 left and you just pass him the ball – in the within the circle within the arc, yeah. Then there's nothing they can do as well. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. If we're talking about fun stuff, I think uh, for some reason we ended up talking talking about basketball uh, in the escape room because I was there with Tom and another guy that we played in high school with, Chris Miller. And That's why he didn't escape. Yeah. Because we were busy talking about basketball. Uh, but we played against uh, some firemen in a fireman's game, um, and I still remember to this day 
during that game, one of the firemen, like someone was like saving the ball. He saved it, d- like jumped out of bounds, threw it in. The fireman caught it, and then he passed it to the guy who was standing out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I found that hilarious. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So similar type of thing. That's that's just good fun. And another fun story for you. I got, I got a couple other fun ones I want to share. Yeah, we're gonna make this podcast like fun since we we just talked <laughs> may, about the Knicks. I may have shared hour. them before, but, but I may have shared them before. But these are good. So one game, JV. You know how sometimes like at the very end of the game, people just throw the ball up in the air to run out the clock. Yep. When there's not that much left. So I just like punched it up in the air. And the ball landed out of bounds with like a second and a half left, and we were winning by three. <laughs> I think I was there for so that, that game. <laughs> so I was like, uh, "Why did I do that?" So <laughs> I thought there was less time left. Other team ended up taking a shot and missing, so we still won. But it was dumb. It was like <laughs> Michael Ruffin did it one. Michael Ruffin did it one time. He just on the Wizards got the rebound, just threw the ball in the air, and then. Somebody on the Raptors caught it and just shot a three, a ridiculous three, and made it at the buzzer, and they won in overtime. <laughs> so you that's, didn't do that's, that at I, least, yeah. I was looking at that fate. Yeah. Second story. This is a great one. Um, <laughs> so I was playing, and so I knew that the clock was winding down. We were on defense, and some kid on the other team took, like, a ridiculous shot that, you would only take if there was one second left in the in the half. And so he took that shot. I got the rebound, didn't hear the buzzer go off, so I, I just took it and launched it. Roscoe Smith style. <laughs> and so I do that and then there's like five seconds left in the half. <laughs> I took a full court shot with five seconds left. Missed. Imagine if you That's made all it. That's <laughs> But you I can't this guy just took a ridiculous shot that you're like, all right, half's over. Just toss it up. But it there. wasn't. Yeah. It, it was like a really bad shot. So basically he did what I did, but his was on our side of the court. So it was like. <laughs> maybe, but maybe it was, that was like all a mind game. He knew you were going to do that. So like. That he wanted to get he, a, a new a reset. Yeah. Reset. It was, like a, it was like a two for one, except you guys didn't have a shot clock. <laughs> Yes. All right. I think we've gone off the rails. So. All right. No, I have. I have my award. <laughs> All right. Unless you had anything you wanted to add to this conversation, <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah. This is what the people. This is what we have. <laughs> this is what we have to talk about yeah, when the Knicks are doing what they're doing. People certainly aren't listening to this to hear about the Knicks. They're they're here to hear <laughs> yeah. about our high school basketball careers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Go go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the the Knicks. Uh, the people need this. We need this. If I yeah, this is was a Knicks fan this is and I was just listening, the Knicks just went one and three. I don't want to listen to, to the people talk about the Knicks. The Knicks probably went one and three the week before that and the week before that. Yeah. How this is like Groundhog Day. So, this is Groundhog Day. we got to mix it up. So my award, also going off your award, not not really, but to start it off, mine is like Best Announcers Award. Because nice. I, I can't talk. I can't talk about the team. Nice. Just just like you didn't talk about the team, you talked about the coach. So, Clyde at one point, um, they were talking about how Spencer Didwinty had wanted to like securitize his contract yep. and make it into a digital currency, and the NBA said no. And while he was lighting up the Knicks, 
uh, Clyde was like, I'd like to put a couple dollars in. <laughs> Mike, pretty good. Mike, Mike Breen had a good laugh at that. But even better, and this also goes with your, what do you, what do you do here, Fizdale? So when the Knicks were down by four at the end of the game, um, the Knicks ran a play where Ellington, or they inbound. This is with six seconds left, and the Knicks losing by four. The Knicks had to score literally immediately. And so the Knicks inbounded it to Taj Gibson, which is already wrong. Like you had to score Taj faster Gibson than that. Taj Gibson at the you top did, of the key, like above the three-point line. You already you already messed up. You weren't supposed to do that. So they it, though Ellington went ran backwards into like the backcourt, and they inbounded it to Taj, and then Ellington ran up, and then he just got the Taj gave it to Ellington, and he shot it, just like uh, yeah, just like trying to draw a foul or whatever, but point is Clyde goes that's the same play Charlotte ran against us to win the game so which is funny because it's it's good observation because that is the play uh Frank was on the on Devontae Graham but he left to go guard that go guard Taj Gibson I got it yeah yeah and so it's just so funny to think that Fisdale was like this worked against us this is gonna work (laughs) for us as well. It could have. It would have been great. Uh, except uh we were down by four and we yeah. we need so we needed a quick basket and then a foul and instead we, we took a three and it ended up with Taj with uh Randall getting two points, so it almost worked, kinda. Yeah, Randall got two points with point four seconds left. And then they just threw the ball directly to us because it didn't matter. But it's it's funny it's good to have Clyde and, and Mike Breen. Because, you know, they just know basketball. And it's funny that Clyde could just recognize that that was the same exact play that Charlotte ran. Because I, I didn't know that. But then when he said it, I was like, ah, he's absolutely right. And when you probably think about it, you're like, yeah, that's that's the play. They ran it to that guy. They probably assumed that, that the guard, Ellington's man, was going to go double. Or just to not run back into the backcourt with him at the very least. But he did. But here's the thing. I, I don't know why they would think that because why would they double Taj Gibson at the top of the key? I don't know, but I don't know. But you think? Do you think like after Charlotte did that, they just like made that a regular thing at practice? We're like, all right, here's what, we're gonna pra- practice this every single day, and this is gonna <laughs> be our go-to game-winning shot because it works so well yeah. against us. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, it is. It's very funny. Yeah, it just didn't. It didn't work for us. It worked against us, not for us. So now they're going to scrap it. They're, they're done practicing it. <laughs> all Fisdale does is just watch other other teams. He watches Knicks filmed all all day and then just takes the other team's plays. Smart. The Knicks need plays, so if other teams have he's plays, got, they should try it. <laughs> he just says, these guys won their last game. we got to run their plays. And their players are like, they played us, though. <laughs> it's got to be what happens. Yeah. All right, I think that's all. I think we we worked with what we had. We talked about the escape room. We uh, briefly talked about the Knicks, and then we talked about our <laughs> high, school, high basketball school basketball careers, yep. as everyone wanted to know. Uh, I don't know if you got anything else. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess we should mention mention this upcoming week. We have uh, Toronto, Philadelphia, and Boston. So nope, we shouldn't mention that. <laughs> If you if you said like we had the Warriors, the Kings, and 
I don't know. We're playing ourselves. Somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if we were playing but like we're gonna lose those three games. There's no prediction necessary. There's the Knicks aren't gonna beat any of those teams at this point. All right. Maybe they could. They could go one and two. But that's just like the best. That's optimistic, case yeah. But I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna guess one and two just to be optimistic. That's good. That's yeah. nice of you. But the thing is you don't believe that. I mean Boston, we don't know how long Kemba's out. We almost beat Philly. Uh-huh. And uh, I yeah, don't think we're gonna true. beat Toronto in Toronto, so Yeah. Josh Richardson was also out when we played Philly. So I mean it's not that's not Embiid or Simmons, but it's a person that starts for their team. Um, so we'll beat the Celtics now that I think about it. Um, I think that's it. I think we, I think we covered it all. And then by all, I mean, we covered it all. Yeah. Not, not even all about the Knicks. Just, we covered everything, everything we could possibly (laughs) talk about. We talked about our summer, (laughs) everything we, (laughs) our, our jobs. Yeah. We got it all. Good. All right. All right. So. Thank you for listening. Um, follow us on Twitter, Talking Knicks. Follow Tom, uh, Tom underscore Piccolo. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Tom. I don't. I don't have his Twitter I, handle I, memorized. I think that's right. Uh, uh, rate us. Tom's gonna do. A, Tom's gonna do a midweek pod with somebody special guest, maybe, or it'll be one of us. Who knows? But that'll be good. Um, like us on. Instagram, we got an Instagram talking Knicks. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else. Like us, rate us, review us on uh, whatever wherever you listen to your podcast. That leave us, yeah, leave a, a review leave a, and a five star rating. Yeah. I think this was a five star. <laughs> this was a five star li- podcast. Leave <laughs> us a review telling us your best high school sports story, because I think that's that's what we need to know. That is good. That's uh, we'll we'll have to tweet that from the Twitter. And get a conversation going. Engage with some fans. Or, or, or friends at this point. Yeah. I feel I've, I've told them more about my life than I've told my closest friends. So, there we go. All right. Well, it was fun talking next with you. We'll see you again next week. All right. Next tape.